Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at NinetyOneDonkeyLane.com. See you there, you donkeys. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. I am your host Matt Kelly with my forever co-host Scott Roger Yo. and Brian. Oh, no, no, Brian. But we do have a Bacon. That's a B letter. So let's bring in Bacon, who actually kind of pseudo picked this episode months ago when he texted me and said, "Yo, have you guys discussed Ginger Snaps?" Because I just watched it, and I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so, for having me. I'm proud to represent all the Bs, all the B names, <laughs> B Ryans, <laughs> and Normal Bryans, and Bacons, and uh, what's another B name? Bob. I forgot. Bruce. <laughs> Bruce. I'm excited to talk about this movie with you guys. So excited. So, Bacon, I, I think the other thing that's worth noting is the reason that you watched this movie in the first place before you texted me was that your at the time girlfriend but now fiance yeah has a starring role in the movie Ginger yeah Snaps. she she told me that and then i instantly proposed <laughs> when she's like hey i'm an extra in the movie ginger snaps and i'm like holy shit this is the closest i'll ever get to being famous so let's, Hollywood. let's lock this down Hollywood. she's canadian and uh when she was in high school she went to high school in canada and that's where they shot this movie and not in her hometown but like in another one and a friend told her hey they're shooting a, like a real movie in this town let's go there see if we can get extras so she drives there and you know that's the whole sitting around all day on a shoot or whatever she shows up in the movie if you blink you'll miss her and even if you pause the movie, I don't think you'll even you can even recognize her because she's kind of a little bit blurry. <laughs> but <laughs> what scene is it? Can you tell us what scene it is? It's right after Ginger 
is bit and she goes to school and she's like hot for the very first time. Ah, yes, the slow-mo walk. Yes, and she walks in front of Ginger and then before she continues, it's at 32 minutes, 33 (laughs) seconds. And I've made a gif of this. I'm actually gonna like, so she said we should watch this movie because she's in it for a second and also like it's an interesting film. So we watched it. And it inspired me. I already do some like YouTube movie review stuff, but it takes so long and you have to really dive into these YouTube videos and like everything that it means. And it's a, it's a lot, a lot of work. And I'm like, sometimes I just watch a movie and there's just one little part I want to talk about. And I think I'm going to start doing YouTube videos like that. So make sure to check out my YouTube channel, Robert Bacon, plug. And I'll tell you, I had my first experience with if you're not doing your due diligence on a YouTube video, how quickly a human being will let you know that you suck at your job. Yep. I've also had that because when people like on Adam Sandler, please stop. We said like, we're fans of Norm. And then somebody like yelled at us about a movie that he was in. And I'm like, I don't know that he was in that movie. I'm sorry. And he's like, well, you guys said you're fans. And it's like, (laughs) I'm not obsessive. You said you're fans, not stalkers. (laughs) Yes. But John, he goes, this is what's going to be our response whenever someone leaves a shitty comment and just write, thanks for watching. We love that passion. And he's like, I feel like that's the best. That's the best. Fuck you without being a fuck you that you could write. That is the most John fuck you too. (laughs) Well, hopefully I can get around all this because so my plan is to just talk about like specific parts in movies, a a part that I liked or a part that I found interesting and make it shorter so I don't have to know everything about the video and just kind of. You're going to be so pedantic that no one can fight it. It's going to be totally fine. (laughs) Yeah. It's this, and one of the things that we're going to talk about on that is one, obviously, my future wife being on screen famously uh, for a half a second, and then then the next thing, if we could just get right into talking about this, it's the tail. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I arguably the most memorable moment in a movie that's filled with a lot of memorable moments, but yeah, that tail, I feel like. <laughs> Everybody remembers the first time they saw that scene because it was fucking bonkers. We had to pause the movie. So my question is, I, oh no, I didn't do enough research. I didn't do my research. I don't know how old Catherine Isabel was when she did this movie. So therefore, I don't know if that was actually her butt that they put the prosthetic on. And then, you know, like they had like an animatronic tail wag you know when she's wearing panties and i'm like is there a butt double in this movie which is not really like a sentence that i've ever uttered (laughs) you know yeah no uh when i've said that before i'm like is this a butt double i think i watched a nick cage movie where he saw his butt but then i'm like oh it's nick cage of course no but listen like i know that every time you see a really nice sculpted pair of ham loafs on your screen (laughs) That's an ass double. Like, like, I also know for a fact from my masturbatory experiences back in junior high that that is not Salma Hayek in the naked scene in Desperado. That is a body double. Wow. But when it comes down to like something as innocuous as a teenage girl's underpants with a tail poking out through the panties, you know, that that's the part that gives me pause. You know, it's it's I, where my mind goes. It's like, is this a body double? Was Catherine Isabel old enough to show her butt in this movie? I think they were both in their 20s when they were doing this. I have another question for you, too. Mm-hmm. For for her sister, 
is she wearing a wig the entire movie? Because yes. I've seen this movie a dozen <laughs> times and I just noticed the wig. I was like, that lays front ain't a lays front at all. So I'm looking at the IMDb trivia. I'm not going to go through all of this because I didn't do this before recording, which is rare for me. And there are 55 trivia facts oh my God. on IMDb God. for Ginger Snaps. And two are interesting. Well, the first one, though, is along with the coincidence that stars Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins auditioned on the same day, the two actresses were also born in the same hospital, attended the same preschool, elementary school, private school, and worked through the same talent agencies and both were guest stars on the show Supernatural. Last part's really not that interesting of a I coincidence that's just being them. an actor. I do remember <laughs> seeing them on Supernatural because that was back when that that show didn't suck so bad. And I remember turning to Megan and being like, that's the girl from Ginger Snaps. You know, and she's like, okay, like a normal human being. Yeah, she didn't know. You had to go, that's the girl from Ginger Snaps too. <laughs> yeah. And three, it's and crazy. Three, the beginning, she is royalty. But no, you know, I, I don't think that that's actually that interesting of a of an IMDb fact because they grew up together and they're in the same fucking agency. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's why they auditioned on the same day, yeah. and maybe <laughs> it was kind of a package deal. Yeah, it, I mean, exactly. Apparently, this movie also, which I, I think I did know this and I forgot, had a real hard time getting funding because they were making it so soon after the Columbine shooting Ooh. and like any idea of violence mm. happening in a school became a lot more difficult to get financing for. Fair. I actually remember the first time I heard of Ginger Snaps was a friend of mine in high school who was on the high school lacrosse team. And they had to go to Canada for a game. And because they were like doing this overnight thing, they were there for a weekend, basically. And he's like, we went to the movies and everything was sold out except for this film called Ginger Snaps. And he's like, it's fucking weird, but I think you'd like it. That's the best way I could describe the movie. Weird. (laughs) But it's a blast. I, I think that, you know, we talk about werewolf movies occasionally on this show and how it's hard to make like a legitimately good one from from front to back. Yeah. And I think Ginger Snaps is in the discussion as like one of the more enjoyable werewolf watches. And I think part of it is and this goes against everything I said about how, why I love American Werewolf in London. But like so many of the werewolf movies is the person fighting the beast inside that they don't want to be anymore. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that, like. There's that scene where Bridget's in science class and it's talking about how like a virus gets into like the body and just starts to slowly take it over from the inside. So it's like at a certain point, Ginger's no longer Ginger internally anymore. Like the werewolfism has spread enough that she's just like totally fine with everything she's doing. Like that part of her that would feel empathy is like long gone at this point. So it's like, oh, cool. We're not wasting time with like the, oh, woe is me, the pains of being a werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I get it. And I I just can't call this movie fun. You called it a fun watch. I think this movie is really dark. Like it's considered a dark comedy apparently, but I would call it a horror drama personally because it's just really dour. Like there's such a, it's so heavy. It's not that I can't enjoy watching it. I mean, I've watched it 12 times. Yeah. <laughs> obviously like I, you know I, not not You've 12 times the theme song. yeah I, yes i oh i was about to say like i love the theme music am i allowed to say that since i covered it matt you know if you want to talk about that theme song anytime just let me know buddy <laughs> but just like the music's kick-ass the the outfits are kick-ass because literally everything that the dudes were in this 
I wore in high school too. Yes, it's all <laughs> the exact same stuff I wore in high school. Puka the shell only necklaces. Thing we were missing, all the yeah, stuff. Well, th- there were the puka shell necklaces. You know what was missing in this were those big ass metal bead necklaces. You know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh yeah, those ball bearing necklaces. Yeah, and and yeah. if you you were really cool, you had a ball bearing necklace that was braided with hemp. Oh yeah, I know those ones. Yeah, Maybe they didn't those. get those up in Canada yet. You know, they're a little bit further behind up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those hemp necklaces, when you would put them on, they'd be so itchy, right? And yeah. I remember my sister making them for me when she would go to camp or whatever in the summers, I guess, is where she learned how to do it. But she, I, she made me a couple and I wore them constantly. If there are pictures of me from high school, I am wearing a hemp necklace because I had to wear them every single day because the prescription for them was you put them on and you don't take them off until they're soft. <laughs> because like when you would shower and get them yeah. wet or get in the pool and stuff like that, the hemp fibers would become softer and I never got there. I don't know yeah. if that's bullshit or not. That's a like, weird selling point for an item of clothing. It's like, here, wear this uncomfortable thing until, until it's, comfortable. it's comfortable. And then you can take it off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 90s were a very, very odd time. So talking about your hemp necklaces, <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but in, in the continuing like origin stories of Matt Kelly and his weird choices in life. Despite me being the most sober person that you probably know, one of my first jobs was for seven months, I worked at a head shop. So, oh, <laughs> so wow. I, selling hemp Did you hemp like go stuff. in because you're like, I really like the smell of this store. I think yeah, I this like store smells here. good. You guys smell candles in here? <laughs> and I had one of those like hemp satchel bags. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Oh, wow, you were Matthew. all in. You were like a pothead Those... without being a pothead. Yeah. Oh, literally, yeah. he had all the accoutrement, but none of the weed. <laughs> yeah, I rocked tie-dye t-shirts. for At this point in my life, I wore exclusively Hawaiian or tie-dye t-shirts, and I had hair down to my shoulders, and I had yet to smoke a joint in my Oh, my God. Life. If I saw you in college, <laughs> I'd ask you where to buy weed. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> here's the thing, know. is that that's not special, Bacon. Asking it's somebody not- where to buy weed is not special. I was in a metal band for a decade. You know how many times touring bands asked me where the weed was? Yeah. Do I look like I know where the weed is? No. You guys can't see, but he doesn't look like he knows where the weed is. No. No. Yeah. But also, I will say that to atone for Matt's fashion faux pas here, faux pas. in like 1999, wearing Hawaiian shirts was what every ska and pop punk guy did. You would go so to I also was wearing store. the cabbie hat. Oh, oh I've seen God. the pictures, Matt. Yeah. I know exactly <laughs> what you were wearing. Wow. So you were basically dressed like a virgin. Rob Schneider's you could put your weed in there from Saturday yeah. Night Live. It's funny when I look back, someone someone once described me as having the fashion sense of Corey Matthews trying to dress like Sean Hunter. <laughs> ah, that's the best description. <laughs> that is so painfully painfully on point wow it's such a good reference too that's cool shit that's nuanced unlike this film which is straight up hey werewolf equals period just so you guys know like we'll have a calendar the the sister will be circling based on the moon the alet what's this it's a not the even su- a metaphor the subtleties are out the window yeah. in this movie i wouldn't even call it sure. a metaphor because it doesn't like it would need to be slightly subtle this is literally if you're a werewolf or if you're getting your period for the first time, exact same thing happens to you. 
So th- <laughs> there are some things about that that I have some logical issues with because Ginger doesn't change based on the moon. And also- Well, in the calendar, her sister circles full cir- moon. She does, I know. <laughs> but she's changing- slowly over the course of, I want to say, two weeks. And women do not menstruate twice a month. I mean, <laughs> typically women do not menstruate twice a month. For the listeners that do not know this, which may be some of you and it's totally fine, we're all friends here. Women only need to menstruate four times a year to be quote unquote healthy. A lot of women who have like endometriosis and things like that, they're, they're going to take birth control and then go off of it just enough times to have the bare minimum because it's like being having your inside stabbed over the course of seven to ten days. But Ginger in this, it seems, has her period right before she's attacked. And then she, I, it looked like a week or two where I think it's two weeks to Halloween. I, you know, I, I watched it with detailed eyes, but I did not watch it with the rewind button. <laughs> <laughs> if that explains my effort level. Because there's also something that Bridget says along the lines of she's changing even without it being a full moon. So mm-hmm. I like that they kind of play hard and fast, like hard and loose or you know, fast and loose rather, with their werewolf mythology and, and kind of like the physiological changes, which is cool because the worst thing about being a werewolf is that you're only scary one day a month. You know, like, yeah, and I think that there there are cool things that could be done where. Well, and that's what I, I, I mean, unless I'm completely wrong here, but my interpretation of Ginger Snaps and then I feel like it's pushed even further this way in Ginger Snaps back. Yeah. Which I, in a lot of ways, thinks, I think is a slightly better movie. Once Ginger becomes full wolf, Ginger does not exist anymore. Ginger is gone. Yeah. She is a wolf for eternity now until a dude hits her with his bus. <laughs> like, well, so, so the werewolf that's killing all the dogs that then, you know, bites and infects Ginger. Uh, oh, by the way, you know a movie's not fucking around when there's a dead dog in the first minute. First of minute. Movie. Which that's okay, insane so, to start your movie off with a dead animal right away. It's and kind of dog. like a quiet place where they start off with killing a kid right away. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like I, I thought they were kind of setting an example of like, hey, anybody can die. Anything can happen. But really, they didn't build on that at all. I felt like that was just a shock thing that they put uh, But they also have like I have notes of all the dogs dying like. First dead dog, second dead yes. dog, third dead dog. Yes, first kid I have dog, here the, the fourth dead. More dog. dogs die in this movie than people. Yeah, it, it may not be more, but it's definitely the same amount. It's on par. <laughs> it's on. Um, I I think that like so the one thing I wrote down is I do like that opening scene as how it sets like a tone and mood to it. But Scott, you're a pet owner. Yes. Let's be real. That scene feels like it's starting in the middle of the afternoon. You know what I mean? Like that's oh, not yeah. like. That's not like first thing in the morning. So you're telling me that this dog owner hasn't questioned where their dog was since they put it out last night until the paw was found in the sandbox by their child. No, it has a little house. I mean, it has a little house out there. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. We're, again, we're we're playing fast and loose with the rules of pet ownership <laughs> in when Ginger Snaps. I also want to say this was filmed in the 90s in Canada. So... Perhaps there were different rules about. Yeah, that's like our eighties, basically. I, well, that's what yeah. Bacon's saying. I I don't know. I'm. I, I agree I'm with that. It's actually it's it's early two thousands, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's 2001, I think, is when it came out. So it was probably shot in like 99 or, two, I think it was, or 2000 okay. at the earliest. Yeah, around that time. Yeah, so they're about five years behind, I'd say. It's a 2000 <laughs> supernatural <laughs> horror film directed by John yeah. Fawcett. So, yeah, it was definitely filming in... 1999 the 90s, yeah. at the latest because the best thing about this movie besides the werewolf design because i i absolutely love it is a great design yeah. so yeah. this I like is the boobies I, on it <laughs> that's my yeah, favorite part you know i want more werewolf movies where they talk about what happens to your genitals <laughs> i think that's really important it's it's really it's been missing from so much of the lore mm-hmm. that you know it's it's a disservice I'll say I've never seen a werewolf butthole. You know, a big thing about dogs I've is their buttholes, dog smelling buttholes, <laughs> licking their butthole. Like, yeah, they kind of stay away from that. And in this yeah. movie, I'm pretty sure she only has two titties, two werewolf titties. Well, no, were-titties. so she probably has. She's got the she's got wear boobs on her stomach, but oh, she, she probably does. has wear boobs up on her chest too. Because you're not exactly human. You're not exactly wolf mm-hmm. or canine. So I. Don't know. I also think that this is a very dangerous path to go down because we're still talking about 16-year-olds. Uh, they're 20 in the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, in the, 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 I will give this movie more props. So there are two things about this. This is a great segue because I was going to get back to this when we were talking about it probably being filmed in 1999 and then being released in 2000 because it was actually filmed in the fall. You can tell because the yeah. leaves are changing on the trees. Mm-hmm. It's probably very early October. Uh, not in Canada. It's probably July. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give them August. All right. Let's August. just say August. But it's I August, September, somewhere on there. They're, they're filming and the leaves are changing. Huge, huge bonus for me because this is a Halloween movie. This mm. has been on my October watch list for pretty much the entire time we've been doing Horror Movie Night. So, Bacon, thank you so much for picking it. So I I didn't have to burn one of my picks on it because then I also would be able to talk about me covering the theme song because that would have sounded really, like, douchey. But the (laughs) other great thing about them filming this in the fall and actually having actors that look like teenagers. Now, I can't say that they aren't teenagers, but I can't say that they are teenagers because I'm not going to go and map out on IMDb who... (laughs) Johnny Schmo, who plays, you know, a douchebag jock in Ginger Snaps 2000, how old he was, like trajectory. Whoa, how old was he when he was in this movie when they were filming? But I will say that watching it does feel like you're watching high schoolers. I, I don't have an age for this. I knew there was like something weird about the casting. So Catherine Isabella, even though she's supposed to be playing a character that is a year older than Emily Perkins... She was actually four years younger than Emily. Perkins. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Catherine Isabella is 39 years old. So she was absolutely not shit 16 when they were filming Ginger Snaps. <laughs> oh, no, that's good. So she's yeah. my age. So she was probably, she was 19. 20, she was 19. Yeah, she was 20-something. Okay, whatever. But then but yeah, that means so that Emily cat, Perkins that, was like 22. Like yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. But they're all older, but I get what you're saying. Like, it did, At least I'll lo- give it a couple things that it does really well. One, they, they do feel like high schoolers. They make stupid mistakes. They care about stupid things. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They do what dumb high schoolers would do in that situation. Two, it's very Canadian. You could tell, like, you could just feel the Canadianness of this Something movie. Something about it. Yeah, well, one, <laughs> the one scene 
is the big kid comes out of his house ready to feed his dog. Once again, another <laughs> dead dog scene. Kid comes out to feed his dog. He's head to toe in his hockey gear, just like yeah. rip roaring and ready to go. Like that's, he's that's my Saturday morning, buddy. That's what, he actually know? has his ice skates on too, on with the protectors. And it's like, don't put those on until you get to the rink. What are you doing? That's not, that's, that's, gonna, isn't that what kids dress like to go to school in Canada? In Can- that's how they, <laughs> in <laughs> August, <laughs> in September. And then the yeah. third thing I really liked is something that they kind of dropped. It was only brought up to kind of mask one kill. And it was the two sisters obsessed with suicide and having mm-hmm. like a suicide pact. And it comes in at the end a little bit, but then I guess that gets thrown away for the second one. And the photos that they took at the beginning were so disturbing and like a lot of you could tell a lot of like work and creativity went into them but apparently when i read it online they only did they did all those photos in like one day good for them i don't know how but i don't think it's necessarily the worst thing because it is it seems like the movie is made for like high school kids at the time and i know that I would need something this blunt and obvious, like thrown at me to like, oh, okay, I get it. I get what like yeah. what you're trying to say. And it's not like the worst thing in the world. Some parts I'm a little confused on, like when Ginger has sex with that dude, uh, dude bro, uh, I think he has a puka shell necklace on. He does. And he, <laughs> like when they have sex, he starts turning into a werewolf, but like well, he looks his totally STD. different. It's an STD, yeah. right? Is is it is yeah. it supposed it's to be viral. he got an STD that gives you zit face or like what is this? Well, I think it all hinges and it all hinges on that classroom scene where Bridget's like sitting there watching the old like 1950s film reel on like how what happens when a virus infects a body man him pissing blood that's another one of the things that i'll never forget i remember that scene very distinctly watching as a kid matt's like i didn't piss for a week oh yeah no i kept it all in (laughs) i don't know if i i've watched the same dvd that i've always watched i've had Mm -hmm. this on dvd since dvd was a thing but weird um, flex okay yeah that's the most normal matt kelly flex of all time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but I guess because I'm watching on like a slightly newer TV, so like the picture was a little bit crisper. Okay. And back when I was a kid, I remember the guy runs over the wolf, but I don't remember it really showing too much. But like this time I'm looking at it and it's like, man, it's like an exposed bone through like a shredded leg and like a paw in the ground, like snapped in the other. Like whatever they made for just that lower third dead wolf body, they put a lot of time and effort into like making it look really fucking gnarly. I'm going to look it up. So what I did is I have, I have an HD version of the movie that I've imported into final cut. If you know the time code, I could look this up because I am going to, I'm just editing all together. The tail parts. Well, Those you, are my said, favorite okay, parts. So you said that your girl, your, your fiance is, uh, you know, the Canadian bacon is yeah, Canadian in bacon. The 32 in the 32 minute, 32 mark. minute, 33 seconds around. Right. And then she so walks I would in say front, jump, jump somewhere in like the 15 to 20 minute mark when they get attacked. And then the dude hits the wolf. It's, with it's the, when oh. the pothead hits the original werewolf and runs it over. Yeah. There's a, there's a shot that you, it's basically from the asphalt and there's in the foreground, there's like the carnage of the dead body. And then there's the van in the background and it's like kind of billowing smoke out of the- it's, Oh yeah. It's after. just one of those things where it's so detailed for like something that oh, didn't there it need is. to be detailed. Oh, I'm looking at it. Oh, <laughs> the best boy. part about it is that like, this is the problem. This is the thing that sucks so much about practical effects is that people spend hundreds of hours on shit that, that gets three seconds on screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you know what? I'm looking at it right now. And not only did they do that, it looks like like a real bone shoved in there. It's like kind of a mess. One part kind of wiggles and moves, so I don't know if they had also a string on there, kind of having it move, or if it's just if it's just like a foot hanging, dangling there. But I'm looking at it right now, and it's pretty grotesque. I mean, the movie, when the movie decides to be gross and gory, it it does go all out. It uses yeah. a lot of blood, kills a lot of dogs mostly. But yeah, sometimes this movie feels like it could be a PG-13 after-school special, and then other <laughs> times it is definitively a hard R horror movie. Yes. <laughs> It's weird how it jumps around like that. <laughs> that must be why people call it a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what like sometimes it's a dark comedy, sometimes it's not. It's sometimes it's important about the period, sometimes it's not. Like it is a good movie and I did enjoy it, but like so, it it feels like it maybe needed like one more pass to be and it would have been probably a little bit more well known, I guess. But it feels like Bacon, I mean, you and I are big comedy buffs. Mm-hmm. And like when you think about Canadian comedians, like, I, I mean, RIP, but we're recording this the day after Norm MacDonald, like oh, completely yeah. unexpectedly died from cancer, having cancer for nine years and not telling anybody, which is which fucking is insane. a norm move. Yeah. But like they have a very weird, dark, warped sense of humor. Like when you watch like what was coming out of Canada, even the 80s, like with SCTV and like Norm MacDonald's basic entire stand-up persona being I'm going to bomb on purpose and it will be funny. Like <laughs> it doesn't shock me that someone would be like, we're making a comedy. And the comedy is that sometimes this feels like a made for TV after school special. And other times it's a violent horror movie <laughs> and people are just going to laugh at the juxtaposition of the two. That feels very Canadian. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to Ninety-One Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. But all right, so that was Ginger Snaps. Uh, let's dive into our double features real quick. Bacon, you you picked this. What is what is something that you would put on immediately after watching Ginger Snaps? Well, Ginger Snaps 2, obviously. Um, oh, well, motherfucker. No, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I forgot, I forgot about this double feature part. I got it. Doesn't matter. I would watch, uh, the next one I would watch after this would be City of Angels starring Nick Cage and Meg Ryan. And if you've watched City of Angels, it's supposed to be, it's not a rom-com. I don't know what it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be a romantic movie. But it is terrifying. Every time there's like a uh, an angel in the background that you didn't expect to see, the camera will pan and they're just there and... I am convinced that that movie was only popular because its soundtrack was amazing. It had an amazing soundtrack. It had that Atlantis song that was super dramatic for no reason. But if you change the, if you got rid of that banging soundtrack and just change the music 
to something a little bit scarier or with those jump scare sounds, it's a scary film. So watch Ginger Snaps. It'll put you in the mood. Then put on City of Angels afterwards and uh, be terrified by everything you see in that. <laughs> Bacon, you're you're a pretty good editor. I, I remember like, I guess 15 years ago, yeah. when taking movie trailers and like just changing up the music was like a big thing. Like, I think you could absolutely make the horror version of the City of Angels trailer oh i'm not even so what i'll do is i'll do a ginger snaps where i talk about the tail and i just show the tail and i uh, talk about that and then i'll do another video where i just put the seeds together and i put ominous tones underneath it and those will be short videos so hopefully by the time this comes out at least one of those videos will be up on my youtube channel Check it out. I'm going to double feature Ginger Snaps with Jennifer's body because they feel mm. very similar. It was This was the easiest double feature choice I've made in months. But the funniest thing about the difference between them is that I ranted and raved about how Catherine Isabel looks like a, a high schooler. You know, Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried in Jennifer's body look like they are like substitute teachers they're they're like it's like never been kissed but with demons um you know it's just very much was that not another teen movie where the old lady they do that they they make fun of it and she's like she comes in and she like kisses some boy or something yeah she well she kisses a girl she does they do the the oh they do the intentions thing yeah yeah so it's really gross it's arguably the grossest scene in that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so oh, much over the top saliva during that scene. Yeah. yeah. Good pick. I would go with uh, another werewolf movie that we've talked about on this podcast that we talked about. One of the reasons we liked it was that the werewolf has no remorse about the idea of being a werewolf. Uh, Bad Moon. Yeah. Bad Moon is is a really solid werewolf movie. And it's my favorite phrase, blissfully short at about 80 <laughs> minutes long. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it moves at a nice clip. Bacon, what is something that you've watched, listened to, read, et cetera, that you want to tell the audience to maybe check out or avoid? Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I have watched a lot that you could avoid. Something that I watched recently that was really good, Nate and I watched it. It's called Lake Michigan Monster. It's a really low-budget film. It's a lot of practical effects and uh, low-budget stuff that make it really awesome. It's kind of like... It's all black and white. I was going to say it's kind of like The Lighthouse, but it's not at all. Um, (laughs) It's a fun, silly film. Um, If you're looking for something, you know, low budget, not well known, has some really, really funny parts. Not all the parts hit, but uh, that's something that I watched most recently that I could really recommend. I have two documentaries that I watched that I wanted to mention, and I believe that we've talked about one of them on the show already. I know we've talked about this one, but then I think the other one is new enough that we haven't talked about it, but uh, Blood and Flesh on Shudder, that was such a great documentary. Definitely the best documentary I've watched on Shudder, but they also don't have a whole lot of documentaries on Shudder. Blood and Flesh is so unique, though, at the same time, because it's like 50% a documentary about this very eccentric filmmaker and then 50% a true crime mystery. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what made it energetic and watchable for me because I, you know, I don't I don't love true crime docs, but I really enjoyed that. I finally broke down and watched Ready Player One on HBO Max because I couldn't sleep. That was the most hey, remember when yeah. thing. Yeah. And it was exhausting. yeah. It was just yeah. exhausting, and and I felt 
so old watching it. <laughs> I will say, you you saying documentary and then talking about that reminded me of something I did watch recently. If I could jump on that, if you haven't seen the documentary Val about Val Kilmer, oh my highly god, yeah, recommend that one. So good, so much behind the scenes stuff. So powerful, so much like, hey, do you remember this? But also very important. And really, really cool. Val Kilmer had no idea who's such an interesting person. Me neither. Yeah. Megan and I watched it together, and mm. it took us two nights because it's heavy. But oh yeah, it is really a great doc. Great. So doc. the so I guess that's three documentaries I wanted to mention because right. I'm also I want everybody if you have not yet because um, it's been out for a couple months by this point. But Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed is mm. so good. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. All right. I've, I've heard and that is pretty high on my to watch list I'll keep mine short because I know that Scott hasn't seen it finally decided to go see Shang-Chi and Ooh. it's fine my takeaway from it was that I wish Falcon and the Winter Soldier was consolidated into a movie and I wish this was expanded into a TV show because it felt like they were trying to fill so much information in such a small period of time that like there's a like there's a fight scene on a bus that is the best fight scene that's ever happened in a Marvel movie and like that's great and like the first half of the movie is great and I was talking to Jonathan from Geekscape about it and he was actually saying that like the Marvel movies are such a huge undertaking that a lot of the time they have two separate editors working simultaneously wow. so like that one editor sense. edits the first half of the movie while the other editor edits the second half of the movie and sometimes you can't tell and sometimes you can and this one is definitely one where you can because the pacing in the first half is very different from like the editing and pacing choices of the second mm. half it's a good movie but it, it's almost like it would it felt like the equivalency of if you tried to consolidate the first season of game of thrones into a two-hour movie like there's just so much character and story that they're trying to pack into a very tight package that like i just kind of started getting exhausted through it but um amazing movie the the way that it stays connected with its with its character's heritage and like bringing up all of these like really important pieces of the Chinese mythology and all of that is is really fascinating. It's great. Again, it's kind of the same thing where, you know, how I felt when I saw Black Panther, which is like, I liked Black Panther, but it was cool to see a movie that I knew wasn't about me and my opinions. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt leaving this was like, I can have my complaints and my nitpicky things, but like, this is going to be a bunch of people's favorite movie because they're seeing themselves represented in like a gigantic big hit movie. And that is just as equally important probably more important than my little like well the editing's weird complaints. <laughs> so like uh so i do recommend it but it's definitely not like not my favorite marvel movie far from my least favorite marvel movie so that is that bacon where can people check if, if people were listening and they're like man this bacon guy i don't know but i like him <laughs> i wish he had a podcast or a youtube channel i think you've got good news for them i do i've already plugged <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, on this exact same network, on the Geekscape network, me and my roommate Nate Lopez live in a magical apartment complex. Uh, this week, I turned full on evil, which basically means I dress like Gargamel, and my whole room <laughs> changed into basically a Death Star kind of situation. 
Uh, make sure to check that out. 91 Donkey Lane. We got 83 episodes out. So if you haven't heard it, you could, you got a lot of stuff. Also, oh yeah, my YouTube. So you can either just go to robert-bacon.com and that'll send it. Or you can go to YouTube and just look up Robert Bacon. I don't know if I'm at the top, even though there's like another guy who only has like five subscribers, but he's always at the top for some reason. <laughs> Let's get this man some subscribers. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bacon, for joining us. We will be back next week with more Horror Movie Night, but absolutely make sure you're hitting up the Patreon, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast, and obviously going to the Geekscape YouTube channel and subscribing to that as well so that you don't miss on all the great videos like the ones that have been narrated by myself, Scott, and Bacon. All right. Bye. listening to the Geekscape Network. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Ninety-one Donkey Lane is a magical apartment complex that contains immense power, but lacks intelligent inhabitants. What is happening? I'm getting texts. Why are we getting a lot of texts? People found out what we did. Oh, dividing Mike Myers into an infinite amount of tiny Mike Myers. Listen to 91 Donkey Lane for free on Spotify or your favorite podcasting app. More at 91donkeylane.com. See you there, you donkeys. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.